Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here representing DFS Coach Talk to go over this seven-game main slate for this evening's DFS card. So very excited to go over this. There's some great uh, pay-ups and some great values already uncovered here. Um, on Thursday morning, and we'll be following this throughout the day uh, as we look to continue to build some winning lineups for this evening. Uh, we're coming off a really good day yesterday, especially on FanDuel, uh, cashed in pretty much everything there. I think everything. I was uh, across the board, so avoided some some chalk plays, some value chalk, uh, and Lyles on FanDuel and a few others, and uh, had some good buy-ups to some low-owned guys like Garland, etc. So getting our momentum going, as we're saying uh, in our Discord, we're going streaking here. We got the Will Ferrell up there, uh, and we're ready to get a hot streak. I can feel it. I think this is the rest of this week and weekend. Uh, we are going to go after it big time. So uh, if you want to join us, it's dfscoachtalk.com. Can check up all uh, check out all of our memberships there. If you want to just dip your toes in the water, you can join just for as little as ten bucks for three days. You get everything that we offer from A to Z. Once you're a member, uh, you've got everything, all our sports, everything that we do. So we'd love to have you. Also check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a quick thumbs up and please remember to subscribe. Also hit that little alarm button in the upper corner. That'll tell you when any of our podcasts post. All right, <clears throat> no further ado, we're diving into this really good uh, schedule here. All right, first game, it's the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks. Chicago favored by one, 232.5 total, uh, 116.75 for the Bulls, 115.75 for the Hawks. So, Right off the bat, my magic number of 115 applied for both sides is exceeded. So this game automatically gets some extra interest in my book. As far as coming into the game, Chicago's 39 and 23, Atlanta's 29 and 32. Three guys out for Chicago, Ball, Caruso, and Williams. For Atlanta, some uh, fairly important news. Trey Young is questionable. So that is a very important uh, piece of news. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Atlanta, so maybe Trey sits this one, plays tomorrow. But you would think against Chicago, um, somebody they're chasing in the East, that, <clears throat> that he would try to suit it up. So we're going to keep a very close eye on that. Lou Williams is probable, and we have John Collins doubtful. I'm not counting him in at all. And then the other big news is Okongwu is out. So he's been getting some really stable minutes uh, backing up Capel at center. So we'll shuffle the deck a little bit there, especially with the Trey Young news. All right. So statistically speaking, coming into this game, Chicago is 14th and Atlanta 16th in pace. You cannot get any more uh, in the middle of the pack than that. So average pace in this game. Defensively, not so much. Chicago's 18th, Atlanta all the way down to 27. So a lot of available possessions, points, 
uh, DFS uh, points in this game. Uh, let's talk about the Chicago side first. Dasunmu at 5-3 has been getting good minutes, but his productivity has leveled off a bit. So uh, cheap, but if you can hit it right, uh, this may be a good one to do that against uh, with the Atlanta backcourt defense being so poor. Zach Levine at 8K, very fair priced as well. Could have a, a strong game here. Uh, you can go cheap <clears throat> to Devontae Green at 3-9. DeRozan, who's been absolutely phenomenal, is 10-3. Um, and then you have Vuk at 9K. So, you know, pay up for Vuk is a little bit tough at 9K with Capella defense. But uh, he has been really getting to his number uh, quite often. DeRozan, again, you know, it's hard not to consider him. He's probably going to get some DeAndre Hunter defense, which is decent. Uh, so not sure I want to go over the top with 10-3 with in this one. But uh, more interest to Zach Levine here. I just like the matchup for him. I like the fair price of 8K. And he's due for a, a stretch-out game here where I think uh, – he really could hit uh, and and do <clears throat> and do well. As far as off the bench for Chicago, Kobe White is five seven, um, but has not been the same guy. And really, the bench after that is not strong. If Trey's in or out for Atlanta, that's everything. If he's out, you know that all of a sudden you've got Bogdanovich at six K becomes a real good target. Even Herder at four six, Hunter at four five and Lou Williams at a dead men 3K. All those guys are in the discussion if he sits. For me, none of those guys are in the discussion if he plays uh, without restrictions. So that news means everything here. You can take a shot at going with Gallo at 5-1. He's either on or off. He's more of a GPP play just because he's has a tendency to be somewhat boom or bust on his performance, but his price is really good. Um, Capella at 5'9 now is in the discussion for me. I have not liked to play him much because he's been sharing so much time uh, with Collins and Okongwu really uh, at the center spot. But with those two guys out, uh, Capella is sort of the last man standing. They do have Gorgie Jeng. He's 3K dead men. I'm sure he'll get some flyer shots there because he should take Okongwu's backup minutes. So uh, interesting to see here. Uh, Capella 5-9, Jeng at 3K. Certainly something to keep an eye on and uh, determine if you want to you know, pay up or, or punt the position and, and pay down. All right, game two, 7.30 p.m. So uh, Chicago Atlanta is the only early game. So if you're starting wanting that extra half an hour for the swappability, you've got uh, six games, 7.30 or later. Um, the... Uh, 7.30 game is Boston and at uh, facing the Memphis Grizzlies. Boston's favored by one. It's a 223.5 total, 111.25 implied for Memphis, 112.25 implied for the Boston Celtics. Memphis comes in 43 and 20. That's solid. Boston also tough, 37 and 27. Uh, Conchar is questionable for Memphis. Brooks and Ponds remain out. And then the big news, Jalen Brown out for Boston. That definitely opens up a lot of potential, uh, you know, for Tatum and company there uh, with the Celtics. 
Uh, both teams are on an island. You've got Memphis, the second fastest pace in the league. So uh, Boston, you know, without Brown playing way up in pace, Boston's 20th in pace. So it is paced down for Memphis. But the only issue here that's a concern is you have two of the top seven defenses in the league. Memphis is seventh in defensive efficiency, Boston two. So how do you attack this game? I go to the same place I've always gone. I felt if Brown or Tatum sit, uh, you go to the other guy if it's a good matchup. And yes, Memphis's defense is good, but their pace is phenomenal. And Tatum's probably going to be the first guy in my lineup. He's 10K flat, which is fair. It's a little expensive. I get it. But I just think he gets so much more of that usage and is just an obvious guy to go to. The second spot is really between two guys there. Derek White at 6'3" who should step in to the Jalen Brown role, is going to be very popular, and deservedly so, but he's not cheap. Marcus Smart also could pick up some of that usage, and he's 6'4". So you've got three really good options there that you can do a lot with from the Boston side. Um, as far as the bigs go for Boston, Horford 6'1", Robert Williams 6'9", certainly can consider Williams uh, at that price. But Grizz are pretty tough defensively, so just something to keep in mind there. Uh, with Brown out, it does bring some of the, the bench players like Pritchards and Naismith and such in play a bit, but I'm not going to go there. I don't think on a, a slate with 14 teams playing, you have to really go that deep. There's enough uh, inherent value here that we can make some good, strong lineups. For the, for the Grizz, you know, Morant's always an option at 10-2. I just don't like the pace down and the solid defense uh, from Boston, but they will miss, uh, certainly miss Jalen Brown. But Morant is probably going to bow to my Tatum play, which, you know, is hard to play both of them with some other good pay-up guys still to come. If you want to go um, mid-level or lower, you got uh, Desmond Bain down to 5'7", which is his lowest price in a while. Uh, Jaron Jackson at 6'2", and Steven Adams, who we know at times can go bonkers, he's 6'1". Uh, I don't think they play him off the floor like they do in some games because with Horford, Williams, you know, Grant, uh, both Robert and Grant, I mean, you've got, you know, he should get enough minutes in there for sure. So uh, definitely leaning towards more of the Bain, Jackson, Adams look uh, when it comes to that side of the ball. All right, we go to game three, also 7.30 p.m. It's the Detroit Pistons and the Toronto Raptors. Toronto's favored by eight and a half. It's a 218 total, 104.75 implied for Detroit, 113.25 uh, for the Toronto Raptors. In this game, you've got Detroit and Toronto both on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. Is it going to affect these teams much? You know, that's to be seen here. Certainly on the Toronto side, we have no idea what's going on yet because uh, we have uh, a couple of questionable players. So coming into this game, again, Detroit 15 and 47, <clears throat> Toronto 34 and 27. For Detroit, Diallo probable, Bagley doubtful. Everybody else, regular, uh, their regulars are in. The two monster questions for Toronto, we need both answers, is Van Vliet and Ananobi questionable. So it just completely is impossible to determine here 
uh, what that is going to look like until we know those two pieces of information. Uh, the newly, newly acquired DJ Wilson is out, by the way. So statistically speaking in this game, we've got uh, Detroit ninth in pace. They are picking up the pace of late. Toronto 24th. Defensively, not great. Uh, Detroit 25, Toronto middle of the pack at 14. So first night of back-to-backs, I don't know how much it affects these teams. Uh, Toronto certainly with guys dinged up like Ananobi and Van Vliet. We need to see if they're going to play, if there's a restriction, all of those pieces. Now we know Toronto uh, this season consistently nurses played his guys a ton of minutes, and that's why he's getting probably a lot of guys dinged up now. So we need to see if that's going to change at all, what that rotation is going to look at. Really impossible to go over that until we know those two pieces, because <clears throat> just as a quick example, if they're both out, all of a sudden guys like Siakam would be probably ranked number one for me uh, in this game. Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent would would jump up. Um, and then, you know, if they're in, they certainly take a, a, a back seat to what they would have been on, uh, you know, ownership standpoint. So we need to follow that see what that news is. You know, you can jump in our discord. We'll be following every piece of that all the way up until lock, uh, Detroit, their regular starters, Joseph Cunningham, Bay Grant Stewart. I mean, they're all reasonably priced Cunningham, the highest at seven, four, uh, all the way down to Isaiah Stewart, Stewart at four, nine, uh, Corey Joseph can once in a while throw a game in, but he's, at 3-8, Killian Hayes at 4. They're splitting a lot of minutes. You know, they're also using Olenek, Diallo, Magruder. You know, they have the bench going there. So it makes it a little bit tougher. But you can get really bargain plays with Bay at 6-4, Grant at 6-5 uh, as well. Uh, so, all you know, one-off there on the Detroit side, depending on who's in and out for Toronto, would be uh, a big thing. If Van Vliet doesn't play, obviously we can go back to Malachi Flynn at 4-2. He's gotten it done both games that Van Vliet missed. If Ananobi sits, again, it just, I think, boosts up the guys that uh, are starting around him. So an interesting game, news needed uh, for sure, but certainly not a game to completely dispel, even though it only has a 218 total. All right, we go to the other 730 game. It is the Miami Heat at the Brooklyn Nets. Miami's only favored by two and a half here, which is a surprising uh, number for me. I guess it's because Miami's on the second night of a back-to-back -back and Brooklyn's on an island game. So I guess that's the case, but I think I'd leave the two and a half, to be honest with you. Uh, 221 and a half is the total, 112 implied for Miami, 109.5 for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we've got a couple of things here. Let's take a look at uh, the records coming in. We've got um, Miami at 41 and 22, Brooklyn at 32 and 21. Three guys out for Miami. Lowry remains out, Morris and Oladipo as well. For Brooklyn, it looks like Drummond comes back this game. He missed the last one. He's probable. Still Harris, Irving, Simmons out. So let's look at a couple things here. Again, you know, how does that Miami back-to-back -back affect things? That's going to be an interesting piece. Miami's the slowest team in the league. They're 30th. Brooklyn is 7th. So good pace up for Miami, but are they going to go deeper in this bench with the back-to-back? -back? 
Uh, defensively, Miami fifth in the league, Brooklyn 19th. So there are some issues here uh, that you know you have to concern yourself with before really jamming in some expensive guys here. So let's look at the Miami side first. Gabe Vincent did an admiral job yesterday uh, as the point guard that got extra minutes with Lowry out. He's only 4-5 if he can repeat uh, what he did last night. Then you've got Jimmy Butler at 8-7, very fair price for him. Uh, he did not get it done last night. Bam Adebayo at 8-6, a little pricey, but he has been on a roll in general lately. So certainly a guy you can keep an eye on. And then Tyler Hero off the bench at 6'3". Uh, certainly has been uh, going pretty well. So combination of guys you can go pay up or pay down. You know, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Bam in this matchup. I think he fits pretty well, uh, you know, and we'll take it from there. So on the Brooklyn side, again, you know, it's a crapshoot. It really is. Patty Mills has been bad. 4.1. I just, it, I don't know what's wrong with the guy, but he's not getting it done. I don't know if he's out of gas or what the deal is, but he has not been consistent at all. And he's getting some minutes. Uh, the guy that, you know, is, is probably a, a good play here is Seth Curry. Uh, he's six one. I think he might grab some Jimmy Butler defense though, to be honest with you, because he's really the only true scorer uh, other than the guy that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. But um, Seth Curry, you know, that's a little pricey for the tough matchup. We'll see if that is really what takes place, though. Bruce Brown at 5'4 has been serviceable. I wish he was a little cheaper because he's like the last guy, value guy in. Not as fantastically excited about uh, him in this spot against a tough Miami defense. And then the big news is, of course, we have the return of Mr. Kevin Durant. He is back in. He's expensive. He's 10-8. Uh, we need to know what his restrictions are. He's been out a long time. I cannot imagine he plays giant minutes uh, in this return against a really tough Miami defense with, you know, P.J. Tucker trying to drive him nuts. And uh, I just I'm not going to consider Durant today simply because I know he's Superman. Uh, he could probably do anything. He probably could play 40 minutes knowing him. But it's just way too risky first game back uh, against uh, a really good defense in a situation where he's got to be limited. I haven't seen that uh, exactly, but he's got to be. So I'm not going there. Andre Jump, Drummond at 6'8". You know, again, he's getting rotated out here and there with LMA. James Johnson, you know, they'll all get some minutes in there. So not really crazy about the net side at all. It's probably going to be a pass for me and uh, probably a one-off on the Miami side. So this will be an interesting game to watch, watch but it's not a game uh, that I'm really looking at, at uh, having much uh, exposure to. Not, not the same with this next game. This next game I am very interested in. And I think everybody in DFS will be. It's not a tough one to figure. It's no hot take. But sometimes the, the total games with the high totals are a little shaky. But I believe this one is not shaky. It is the Sacramento Kings at the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio's favored by six and a half. I don't know if they've been favored by that much all year. Um, but it's a 240 and a half total. So it, it takes all the rest of the games. Uh, and just absolutely smashes them. 
you know, the only game that's even within shouting distance is Chicago Atlanta, that first game. But this game is like 20 points higher, which really uh, plays into a many more defensive or I'm sorry, uh, DFS uh, points and possibilities here. So let's break this game down. We've got, uh, again, a 240 and a half total, 117 implied for Sacramento, 123 and a half for San Antonio. So no joke here. Uh, Vegas sees this game as a points uh, battle for sure. The Kings come in 23 and 41, Spurs 24 and 38. So Neither team going anywhere. Nobody but uh, those of us in this DFS world will have this as the focal point of the night. Uh, but we'll all be watching, that's for sure. Uh, as far as people out for Sacramento, Sacramento are Terrence Davis and Rashawn Holmes. We have two guys that are questionable for the Spurs. Uh, that is Romeo Langford and uh, Mr. McBucket's Dougie McDermott. So other than that, everybody's in. And everybody's looking to score here. You've got Sacramento again on the second night of a back-to-back. -back, so we need to double-check uh, that news. San Antonio Island game. Two of the top eight pace teams. Eighth and fourth, respectively. Two terrible defensive teams. Sacramento second worst in the entire league at 29th. San Antonio at a not very strong 20th. So where do you go here? I think a lot of people are going to start and end with DeJounte Murray. He's probably going to be one of the higher-owned pay-up guys on the slate at 10-6. May very well be that worth that in, in a matchup like this. Uh, not concerned about really getting popped because it's not the back end of an uh, you know or front end of a back-to-back. -back. You've got a, you know him playing against a, a poor defensive team, extra possessions. It's very hard to get away from, from DeJounte Murray. I mean, the only way you would do that is if you're paying up somewhere else and you want to try to grab Luca or Curry or somebody in, in this later game. So, or LeBron, you know, whatever. But DeJounte Murray's going to be popular, deservedly so. He's certainly on my list of uh, very possible pay-up potential here. After that, you just have a lot of guys that are all middle of the road, all with inherent risk. Basell at 5'5", five, five, McDermott at 4, Kelvin, Kelvin Johnson, Keldon Johnson at 5'8", Lonnie Walker at 4'6", Zach Collins at 3, dead bin, Pirtle at 7'5", mid-price. I just, you know, with Richardson, Bates, Job, Trey Jones, Primo, Langford, Landell, they just are bad. And they're deep with a bunch of guys that are very, very average. So, Honestly, you know, I've played Vassell some on and off. I don't think he's a bad play at 5'5", five, five, but not racing to get there. Uh, it's really sort of like this Denver situation has been for me lately where it's been Joker or bust. I think it's DeJounte Murray or bust here, but I think he's a great play uh, and could very well uh, be in my lineup this evening. For the Kings, it's it's simple as well. I mean, I've been talking about this day after day. It's really the De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis show, but there you have to pay for him. Uh, Fox is eight eight, and Sabonis is nine seven. So those definitely sting a bit. They have some good upside potential, but uh, you know, not complete slam dunks. But you have to have some. You really do have to have some exposure here. So do you go to the second flight guys? 
You've got a 6-2 Harrison Barnes that makes sense. You have a 4K Trey Lyles that burned a lot of people last night. People are going to be upset about that, but he certainly has a chance to get some of that back tonight. But then you have a pretty deep bench here that are getting big minutes. Lamb, Davion Mitchell, uh, Dante DiVincenzo at 4-2 is a possibility. He's getting more time. Uh, and then a, pl a plethora of other guys, including Harkless and, uh, you know, on and on. So it's not, you know, this is a 240 and a half. Let's stack 2v2 here. I think more what I'm looking at is big pay up, big pay up, and just grab like two of the key guys here, you know, make it Fox and Murray or Sabonis and Murray, and then, you know, not worry about all the rest of the skabooge there trying to scratch up some points. Uh, you go right to the heart of both of them because the spread is only six and a half. I think it should stay decently competitive. And uh, I think paying up for those guys is well worth it as opposed to filling in a bunch of uh, medium guys. However, when you have a pace game like this with bad defense, some of those skabooge that I'm talking about, the Vassells, Barnes, et cetera, they do get pulled across the six, seven X line. Uh, just because they're part of the game flow. So I'm not counting out. Uh, you know, I would say between two to four people from this game, I think, is very logical. And that's what may be in the in the optimal lineup. All right. We have two games left. Before we hit those, just real quickly, uh, if you want to join us, it's DFSCoachTalk.com. We have several memberships there that you can choose from. We have a great offer on the second half and playoffs of the NBA that go all the way until June 19th. We'd love to have you, even if you want to give us a try for three days for 10 bucks. Check us out there. Uh, this uh, podcast today is sponsored by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code COACHTALK if you're depositing for the first time and you get a complete match dollar for dollar all the way up to 100 bucks. So you can't beat it. And they don't drip, give you two bucks a day kind of thing. You put the hundred in, you play, you get the hundred. So go for it. You know, prize picks has been a blast. We've been hot uh, in our prize picks plays as well. Although the Joker didn't get there for me last night. I was not a happy camper about that. But we're going to bounce back there today. But if it is your first deposit, go to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code COACHTALK. Also, if you want to take a shot at betting some games, I know everybody's getting stoked up. Uh, if you don't have a sports books in your states, uh, like Texas does not, then uh, a great option is betus.com.pa. We have a great relationship with them. I've been there for years. Uh, they will, uh, if you put in $149 or more and use the promo code COACHTALK, we will turn around here at COACHTALK and give you a two-month free membership uh, for everything, all inclusive here at Coach Talk. That's $150 value. So take your shot there for sure, especially with uh, March Madness coming up very soon. Um, other than that, if you're watching on YouTube, quick thumbs up, uh, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate that. A comment's also great. And if you're listening podcast-wise, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, po Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, uh, just take a second, give us a five-star, a quick comment. If you do that, you're in a drawing uh, that we do at the end of each month for one full week membership at Coach Talk. 
All right, my friends, two games left, two exciting ones, really. Uh, the one is at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. It's the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas favored by two here. That's interesting at home. Uh, it's a 220 total, 109 implied for Golden State, 111 for Dallas. Should go down and see that game in person. That would be fun to see Curry. Um, I'll have to think about that. Uh, coming into the game, Golden State is 43 and 19. Dallas is 37 and 25. Uh, Clay Thompson questionable for Golden State, so that's very important news we need to get. Uh, Damian Lee doubtful. Moses Moody, who tweaked his ankle, is probable. Uh, and then we know Green and Iguodala remain out. For Dallas, you've got two backup guards questionable in Burke and Nidalekina, who neither one has been very strong in the rotation. Three guys remain out, same three, Chris Hardaway and Theo Pinson. So let's look at this game. Golden State, 11th in pace. Dallas plays slow, 28th. The problem is of rostering a lot here is Golden State's the number one defensive efficient team this season from beginning to end, and they still are today. They have not left that first spot. Dallas is all the way up to sixth. You know, they've made it as high as four, but considering they were 17 early on, it's been a really good uh, def defensive team the last two months. So, how do, you know, 220 is a respectable total, two-point favoritism there um, for Dallas. So it's wide open, uh, but good defenses. So where do you go here? Do you pay up for a Curry at 11-1 with a pace down game? I would say possibly, but that's to me if only if Clay's out. I think Clay probably plays. Clay, if he is in, is an option at 6'5. Uh, if you want to go lower, you know, you, you can take a flyer on Peyton or Poole or Porter, all P's, 4'1, 5, and 4K. Uh, not exact targets for me, but in play. Wiggins at 6'4. Sort of that mid-range price, too, that is uh, a little uh, tempting. So not exactly stackable, uh, really, in my opinion, Golden State, but a solid team uh, without question. So you either pay up for Curry, go for one of the mid-level uh, guys like a Thompson or Wiggins would be my first choice. Or if you want to go super value, like I say, uh, you know, Porter, Pull, Payton, the, the Triple P's have a chance uh, to get make be the last guy in kind of thing. Luke is expensive. He's 12-2. I mean, that's a big decision to make. He will get the mitten known as Gary Payton the second uh, defense, I'm sure, early on, and they will try to dog him. Maybe Clay gets him a little bit. Um, so, you know, at 12-2, it's a big price. He is on a roll. But, you know, it's the decision, you know, do you want a DeJounte Murray? Do you want a LeBron? You know, do you want a Curry or do you go Luca? I mean, there's only going to be so many pay-up spots, one or two really, if you want to make a very competitive lineup, unless we have a lot more value that opens up throughout the day. But Luke has got to be considered a 12-2, certainly not a slam dunk play for me. Uh, I do like some of the cheaper guys in Brunson at 6-6, Bullock at 4-4, and Din Dinwiddie off the bench at 5-6. I think they all have the potential there uh, to make a spot. But 
This is not my favorite DFS game. Uh, certainly, as you know, it's a game I'm going to watch. Maybe a game I'll go to if I can get a ticket. We'll see. Um, but uh, definitely not a focal point for me. I know the 220 total is decent. You got a lot of strong players. But really, if you're not going to pay up for a Curry or Doncic, I'd say, you know, maybe one value guy on each side was, is the best that uh, I would go. All right, the last game, the late late night sweat. It starts an hour and a half every after every other game, and it does not really look very exciting. Who expected we'd have a crappy Lakers Clippers? Everybody thought that'd be such a phenomenal game. Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis. No, uh, it's Clippers minus two and a half. Uh, they play in the same Coliseum, so it's not really a home game, but yet it is. The Clippers fans will be there. It's a 220 and a half total. Lakers 109 implied. Clippers 111 and a half. Two teams that are, I would say, reeling, especially the Lakers. Lakers are seven games under 500, 27 and 34, and looking like they may miss the playoffs altogether, including that little play-in shenanigans there as the top 10. So amazing. Clippers are 33 and 31. They're hanging in there. They don't have any of their main guys most of this season, but you know the fact that they're 500 says a lot, to be honest with you. For the Lakers, well, guess what? LeBron James is questionable, so he's probably going to play. I don't think he's 100% healthy, but I think he plays. Taylor Horton Tucker is probable. Avery Bradley also questionable. AD and Kendrick Nunn are out. For the Clippers, same Four guys, George, Leonard, Powell, Preston, and those those gentlemen uh, are out. Statistically speaking, we have the Lakers fifth in pace, Clippers 13th. So that's sort of decent uh, when you look at it. And, you know, defenses are a little bit better than you'd expect. Lakers right square in the middle of the league at 15th and the Clippers at 8th. So, you know, again, not just a slam dunk game by any stretch here. Um, you know, you've got some guys on both teams you can look at. Certainly, I mean, anybody that plays Russell Westbrook at this point, even though he's 8-2, just the poor man. I, I've been such a fan his whole <clears throat> career. I've seen him play in person a decent amount, too, and he's spectacular. But I don't know. It might be time to hang it up. I'm not sure what the deal is, but I don't see how you can feel good about rostering somebody uh, at 8-2 it's playing like him. He's not even finishing some games. So definitely scary there. Malik Monk's always a great value shot because he can blow it up, but there is a lot of risk. He's only four, seven though. So uh, don't roster Avery Bradley, please. That that's just too gut wrenching or Stanley Johnson. I can't believe Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson start for the LA Lakers. I, I know I'm probably quadruple jinxing it, but I would not take them. If I got both guys, combined for 3k i wouldn't take them so that sort of tells you how i feel about that lebron james if he's in i don't know how you get away from him i mean if he's not restricted and he's playing full minutes he is 11k but they don't have anything else i mean if he doesn't you know throw 70 dfs points on the board they can't win now you know he didn't quite get it done the last game he did have a much better second half I think he's dinged up a little bit, and he's obviously tired. I mean, the fact that a 37-year-old guy is single-handedly carrying, trying to carry a team, uh, he's not really been successful at doing it. So I get it if you want to fade him here. Again, the Clippers, 
uh, are not the fastest team in the league, and they're certainly uh, decent enough defensively. But uh, LeBron is certainly on my radar. If he's in and that's the news, then you got to, you know, uh, go for it. Uh, if you put him in there and, you know, make sure, though, it's an hour and a half later than every game, make sure you have a plan to pivot. You don't want to get your stuff, you know, self-stuck if he is ruled out or they do say he's, you know, restricted in any way, you know, you could get stuck with, uh, you know, a real bad situation with a lot of salary left on the board and, you know, pivoting to somebody like uh, a Nick Batum or something. So figure that out, get him in that reserve spot. If you're going to go LeBron, I'm certainly considering it. I know it's painful, but I am because I just don't see how else they're competitive and they're definitely desperate. Um, other than that, you know, uh, the, the Clippers side, certainly Reggie Jackson has been really solid. 7-9, though, is getting a little much to stomach uh, for Reggie, but he has been good. He really has. Uh, if you want to go a little cheaper with a couple of options, I think that makes sense. Terrence Mann at 5-9, Marcus Morris at 6K, both make sense. Uh, if you want to go even cheaper, a Luke Kennard 4-1, risky but you know Batuma 3-8 and Zubots at 6-5 Zubots a little higher but he has performed well lately uh so not you know again not a game that I'm ecstatic to chase after I think you can get some really good value plays uh in here maybe a Morris Monk uh you know those two guys uh and if you want to go up to LeBron I think it, it makes sense and if you have the salary Reggie Jackson's not a, a bad guy to have in your pocket going into that late game. All right, my friends, that is it. Seven games. We've got it covered. Uh, I hope this really helps you build those lineups. I'll tell you, we've had a lot of people comment later, uh, you know, in the evening, uh, you know, use the podcast lineup, built it from listening to the podcast and, have, you know, had a lot of huge winners lately. And, you know, I have been with that some, but there are times when, you know, the day goes by, news comes, and you do a little flip-flop on a few guys. And uh, recently, you know, I would have been better off sticking with my podcast guys. So there's there's a lot of value into a clear-head look at this before you start looking at tons of ownership and projections and value plays that open up. You know, it can get clouded. So keep that balance, you know, between building here and uh, how it fi you know it, its final finalized with the late news. So you don't want to overreact to it. <clears throat> you certainly don't want to underreact to it. So I like everything else with DFS. It's, you know, walking that fine line and, and making sure you get it done, but come see us. We'd love to have you. We have the best community in and best discord in the industry. Uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. Have a great day. Tomorrow's going to be a fun one. We've got a really nice nine game schedule. Uh, Crash Davis and I will be going over that. Uh, we will also be sharing some prize pick choices and, uh, and getting after it from there. So definitely tune in again tomorrow. And as always, we'll be looking to crush it in NBA DFS.